Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, listen, you asked for it, so that's what we do on Mondays at 1130. You seem to like it. It's called Lisa on the Law. And remember, I'm not here to give you specific legal advice, but I am here to share what I know at 203-333-9422, you can call me at 203-333-9422. Uh, I'm a probate judge in my other life, so anything that comes in or out of probate court is something I can certainly speak about, which includes all kind of estate questions, both planning and administration, and conservatorships and guardianships and mental health matters and name changes and special immigrant juvenile proceedings. There's all kinds of things that you wouldn't believe that come through probate court. And so guardianship matters, removal of parents occasionally. So uh, I'm happy to answer those kind of questions. And then, of course, there's general real estate questions and negligence and personal injury, we call it, and all kinds of things. If I can help you, I will. At 203-333-9422, over the weekend, I was asked by News 12 to comment on our changes in the Connecticut estate tax. Here's a little bit. In the meantime, some experts say a change this year in Connecticut's estate tax, which benefits the wealthy, is actually good news for everyone, rich or poor. Now check it out. You can now leave somebody just over $12 million in the state of Connecticut, completely free of any Connecticut estate tax. Well, some experts say that's an antidote to an ongoing problem of wealthy Connecticut residents leaving the state because it's just too expensive for them to stay here. So one of the things that Connecticut has done to address this is that they have essentially made it easier for people to stay in Connecticut, pass away in Connecticut, and leave more money to their loved ones. What they've done is they've matched the same amount of money that you could leave federally tax-free, you can now leave Connecticut estate tax-free in the state of Connecticut. And a lot of people think this is good for everybody. And that's talk show host Lisa Wexler yeah, that is. of Westport. <laughs> that is. That's talk show host Lisa Wexler. Here I am. Hello. And the reason they get me to get to call me a talk show host is because here I am talking to you here on WICC. At 203-333-9422, you can call me at 203-333-9422. So let me just tell you, I'll just elaborate a little bit. 
we have this thing called an estate tax in the United States of America. It came into being in the early 20th century as a result of public policy that was very infuriated at a lot of robber barons during the 19th century that were passing enormous sums of money to their own children. And people in the early part of the 20th century did not want the United States of America to become like the landed gentry class of England, where people were lords and ladies and inherited great wealth. And as they inherited great wealth generation after generation, they realized they didn't have to work very hard. And there was this idea in America that we wanted our wealth to be merit-based. On the other hand, we also wanted people to be able to leave some money. So for most of the 20th century, really, most of the 20th century, you could not leave much money to your loved ones. And by the way, I want to just right away exclude spouses. Spouses were always excluded from this. You could always leave your entire estate to your husband or wife completely tax-free, and you still can. We're talking about when that money goes to anyone else, whether it be the next generation of children or nieces and nephews or your favorite charity, which would be a complete deduction and no taxes are paid at all, or your best friend. And so this is, that's the idea. And so for much, much, much of the 20th century, it was a pretty low threshold. It was only $600,000. And I say only, but for a time, there was a time in this country where $600,000 seemed like a lot of money. And then all of a sudden, it didn't seem like a lot of money. And so within the last 20 years, but particularly accelerating under the Trump administration, the amount of money that you could leave to a loved one got much greater. And now it is something like $12.2 million. It's, 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 in, it's not in the easy figures, but it's over $12 million. And Connecticut, Connecticut also felt, unlike Tennessee and Florida and Nevada, Connecticut all, and New Hampshire, Connecticut also felt like it too wanted a piece of the pie and that it wasn't fair for inherited wealth to pass from generation to generation without giving back some of it to the system that had actually created the wealth. Because none of us makes money on our own. We all make it on the back of a capitalist system, a free enterprise system, a market-based with limits system, whatever you want to call it. We don't make money alone. We make it on the backs of the fact that we have all these other people in our community and society that are basically the backbone and the rules and the laws are the backbone of how we generated our wealth. And so Connecticut, for a very long time, did not mimic the federal threshold. Connecticut was lower. Uh, it started creeping up. It was $2 million for a long time. Then it crept up to three, three and a half, four, four and a half, five and a half. But this year, 2023, it made the big leap. This year, they decided that it would fully match the federal threshold, which is over $12 million. So here's the bottom line. The vast majority of people, even when it was $2 million, died with less than that and didn't owe any Connecticut estate tax. I can tell you that as a probate judge in a wealthy town, in a wealthy district. Nonetheless, the perception that people might have that they were going to leave more than $2 million caused a certain amount of people to want to leave the state in a more hurried fashion to make sure that they could leave their entire wealth to the next generation free of any estate tax whatsoever, free of federal and free of state. Um, and so now, if you were worried about having to leave Connecticut to avoid the estate tax, you really don't have to worry about it because the vast majority of people have significantly less than $12 million that they're going to be passing on to the generation. Remember, I'm talking not about husband and wife and not about the surviving spouse, 
but about the next generation. Now, after that, if you say, well, what happens to the next dollar after that $12.2 million? What happens to that is the, the rate of taxation in Connecticut, I believe, is around 8%. But federally, it's half. It's half. It's about 55%. So if you die with $20 million and you exempt the first 12 and you have eight left, the federal government will take more or less four of the 20, leaving you with 16 left. That's what happens. And Connecticut will take an 8% of that $8 million, so let's say another 64 grand, and that's what they'll do. 640,000, pardon me, not 64. So it's big numbers, but you got to remember in the big picture, you're talking about wealthy people. How many people do you know are going to leave somebody over $12 million? I mean, really, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Now, I will tell you this. The, there is a sunset provision. When, when the Trump administration, with the help of Congress, obviously passed these new thresholds for estate tax, they also passed a sunset. And I believe the sunset is 2026, which means in 2026 it reverts all the way back to old numbers, which means since we're approaching 2024, that Congress is going to have to get busy addressing the situation. And since Congress mostly consists of multimillionaires— I think we can count on them to act in their own self-interest. It's just a guess. I'm Lisa Wexler. We'll be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And welcome back to the show. You can call me at 203-333-9422. We're doing a little bit of Lisa on the law. I was just explaining a little bit of the rationale behind and the new, relatively new tax limits, tax thresholds. It'd be a real proper way to talk about it here in Connecticut. So, you know, if you were concerned that if you die in Connecticut, that you're going to pay, your estate will pay more than it should uh, you're going to have to be very, very wealthy to make the argument that it will because $12.2 million is a lot of money to be able to leave tax-free. Let's go to Elizabeth from Stanford. Elizabeth, we haven't previewed the question, so my full disclaimer is I have no idea what you're going to ask me today. Let me see if I can help. <laughs> Hi. Okay. Hi. Hi. I, 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 can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, I have... I had a question to ask you, and something just arose. So may I post the two of them, and then you tell me if you can take either of them? Sure. I realize I'm catching you off guard. Sure. The first is, um, as executor of um, my dad's estate, uh, there are obviously many things I have to do, and I've heard many of your shows about this topic, but I've never heard you address taking an inventory. Mm -hmm. It sounds completely overwhelming. Okay. Um, One of my friends who's a lawyer said, well, you know, an appraisal is different than an inventory, but I mean, inventory every single thing in the house. Inventory, there's a, there's not a lot of value. So that's one question. Just I'll how have, do I'll I? Where do I start? That. I'll be happy to okay. answer that. You want me to do that one first? And, 
Should I do that uh, Okay. One? Let me do that one in the okay. order, okay? So, okay? Okay, so when you're appointed executor, the big fancy word for that is fiduciary. It means a trusted person, a person who yeah. has imposed trust obligations. The law says that within 60 days of your appointment, you have to file an inventory. Uh, what probate court do you win, Elizabeth? Stanford. Stanford, okay. Um, I will just tell you this. This is, this is my practice in Westport, and I think my colleagues would echo this. Um, for most people, and we're talking about personal property, let's call it spoons and towels, right? You can, uh, and if let's say you have to inventory the contents of a house, unless you have something, unless your, your father had a collection of noteworthy art or antiques or, you know, sterling silver from Paul Revere or something that you think has to be set aside with particular worth, you don't need to do a personal property appraisal. You can just say, contents of house, furniture, and furnishings, and put a number on, $5,000, $300, $400, $10,000. No one's going to care. What you care about is if there would be something of particular itemized value that would sell separately in the estate that will be either be auctioned off or has, you know, its own kind of worth. And then you would want to attach the appraisal of that. Other than that, don't worry about every spoon. Just make up a number about, you know, what, what would Goodwill pay you for that if they had to? Probably not much. They don't want used furniture. It's a shame, yeah. Yeah, They don't, ahead. no. I mean, even antique stuff, my friend who's a lawyer said, you know what they call that? Brown Yep, brown furniture. That's right. You, know, you said That's brown, right. brown furniture. Yep. And uh, my antique friends said all that glass and dishes and stuff of your mom, it's called smalls and nobody wants it. And that's right. So, so make up a number <laughs> and chances are the Stanford Probate Court is not going to really care too much about it. Just say, you know, contents of household furniture and furnishings. Make up a number that's reasonable and okay. that, and don't spend money to do, appraise it. Don't. Okay. But I don't have to list things like three twin beds. No, you do not. Uh, mid-century bedroom. Just furnishings. Furniture and, and furnishings. Contents of the house. Just, okay. just make that your line item on the inventory. Give it your best guesstimate of what it would be worth on a secondhand market. And that's the end of it. Okay. The problem I have, Lisa, is that I've got all my radios on with you on it, and I was oh. trying to go into the room oh. to write notes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to write this down. For all the people who didn't hear it when they were listening, furniture and furnishings uh, and contents of the house? Yeah, yeah. No, say, say it one more time. Contents of the house, uh, and you would say contents of, and you would, you would put the address of the house, right? Contents of the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, like, mm-hmm. put a little hyphen, furniture and furnishings, and then... Put a number in the column. Put a best guess, okay. good faith number, and call it a day. Okay. That's it. Okay. That, okay, that's terrific. And plus, I think I, you've said that you do put this on a, a podcast so I can listen to this yes. again and hear what you said. You will hear okay, yourself, terrific. Elizabeth. You're going to hear yourself in just a couple of hours. Yeah, like, yes. Okay. Now, the other thing is this. This just came up, and it's relevant to what you do. I received, and I, I think it has something to do with my position as executor, because I don't know how else they ever, ever got my address. Um, I received a bill from the Hearst, Connecticut Media Group. Uh-huh, for $70? For, for thirty six seventy five okay. per subscription. Oh, yeah. To, and I never ordered. Never oh, ordered. Oh, really? And, oh, yeah. No, no. Never ordered. Out of the blue for July. And then when I called to say, well, I'm troubled by this. We never ordered it. The, the, first of all, you cannot get through to the number that's listed on the bill. Hmm. And 
Uh, so I went online to look for a second number. It looks like a real bill. Everything about it looks completely real. So I called and they said, well, the account number you're giving us is six digits and our account number is nine digits. So it's sounding so fake, everything fake about it. I spoke with two different people. They're all in the customer service department, one a supervisor. The bottom line is this. They couldn't find my mailing address out of state. They couldn't find the house address. They have no information for us at all. So they said, you know what, just ignore it. But in the description, it says my the last name and then notice to creditors of. Yeah, let me explain. And the beginning. Okay, Elizabeth. I'm yeah, gonna, please. I'm gonna, okay. How they ever got this information, well, I have no idea. The, the phone call you need to make, it's, you need to just make one phone call before you resolve Please. this. You need to call the clerk at the Stanford Probate Court, and they're very nice. They pick right up. There's a bunch of them. Very nice. And you need to identify okay. who you are and say that you got this bill for thirty six seventy five. There's going to be one or two answers to this. Because that is very often a typical amount that the newspaper will charge for the notice to creditors that goes in the newspaper about the fact that you're executor. Now, usually, the way we do it in Westport, this is what I want to explain, right? Thank you. You're welcome. So usually, the way we do it in Westport is that we insist that you as an executor give us the check when you give us the, the petition. In other words, we don't give you your fiduciary certificate until we have your check because then we publish it. We send it to the newspaper. But, but it may be that Stanford does it a slightly different way as a matter of process, and they expect you to pay it for this, because that's it used to be thirty six seventy five. It went up in Westport to seventy dollars for the Westport News, but maybe it's still thirty six seventy five in the Stanford Advocate. There is a legal duty, a legal requirement to publish the fact that you are in fact the executor, and the then the payment must be made by the estate. Call the clerk. Say you got this bill, mm-hmm. and they will explain to you in five seconds, really. They'll say either you have to pay it or it's a mistake because you've already given us the thirty six seventy five, and we've paid it. Well, I think the lawyer might have paid it. That's I don't what know I'm how saying. So you have to ask yeah, the clerk yeah, yeah. what their process is, okay? Okay. And then if you don't get a satisfactory yeah. answer, you can call the lawyer. But that's what that's about. This was brilliant. I love that you have this service because Hearst had no, no, no right. just disregard it. I said, I'm not going to disregard a right. bill. Right. And you're this, right. You explained it's to put the notice in. And yes. believe me, if I had realized, I wouldn't have not been executor. But if I had noticed that when you are and you have probate, everything becomes public. Mm-hmm. Notice in the paper, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a whole yeah. other life. It's getting calls from realtors out of the blue are and you? all this stuff. Yeah. Really? Oh, squee- like the squeamy kind, this texting and phone calls. We uh, we sell any house, anytime. Mm. Like, we're not interested. Yeah. But this, no one mentioned this at all. Oh. So it's the ad. It's the price yes. of the ad. That's what it is. It has to be yes. put yes. in. It has to be put in. Yes. Well, we love you anyway, Lisa. Aww. But this was just <laughs> so helpful. Oh, that's Thank wonderful, you. Elizabeth. And you know, Elizabeth, after you follow the inventory, you have couple more documents to file. You've got to file something oh, called yeah. the PC-150, which is the notice of claims, which is, let's say, some expenses of last medical illness or whatever was, you know, whatever your dad didn't pay before he passed away, you have to put that on a list. And that gets filed with the court. And then your last uh, filing is the financial report, which is easier than an accounting. You probably won't need an accounting. And of course, your 
you and your lawyer will be filing together the CT-706, likely NT. Most people are an NT. They're not a 706, 709. Most people have far less than $12 million in assets. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what that is. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy to answer One your questions qu- along the way. Yeah. Quickly, quickly, oh Elizabeth. Well, you got 30 seconds. Yes. It, Go ahead. Okay. With the inventory, is there any extension on that post 60 days? Yes. Or does it have to be yes. that date? You can just write a letter uh-huh. to the court saying, explaining, uh, please, may I have more time to file the inventory? And if they don't answer it, the answer is yes. Oh, terrific. Okay. okay. You're, Thank you. You're good. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. You're good. All <laughs> Thanks right, very Elizabeth. much. All okay. right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So we did a little Lisa on the law, a little practical advice for um, fiduciaries out there, for executors, executrixes uh, in the Latin for the female. So thank you for joining us today. We have an unbelievable show for you tomorrow. I'm actually very excited about it. Uh, we have on one of the researchers who is going to be telling us about this brand-new postpartum drug, which I am told is a game-changer for postpartum depression. So I'm very, very excited to have uh, her on as well. And who else is coming on tomorrow? It was another good person. I, oh, Brenda Kupchik. Brenda Kupchik, the first select woman of Fairfield who is running for re-election. We'll have a wonderful chance to get to know her better tomorrow as well. Listen, don't forget we do a podcast. We do a few, actually, every single day. And if you love the show... And you'd like to support it by becoming a real subscriber, in which case you get the whole show whenever you want to hear it. By all means, do that as well. It's wherever you have that podcast link and you want to see the whole show. And if you don't know how to do it, send me an email and I'll bring you right to it at lisalisawexler.com. Have a great one. We'll be back behind the mic tomorrow. Stay tuned for Paul Paselli. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.